Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Hey, everybody, we got a great one today, you know, for a change. And this time, this time, I think I mean it. My guests, I got two guests today, are Harry Littman, former Deputy Attorney General of the United States and host of the Talking Feds podcast, on which I recently joined him with my other guest, George Conway, an appellate lawyer who writes a column for the Washington Post. And uh, we get into the eclectic panorama of, of the indictments. I'm talking about the ones facing uh, former President uh, Donald Trump. He has four and uh, is facing uh, 91 counts. And I try to go through with these gentlemen how these may play out over the next several months. And it's complicated, uh, but uh, I couldn't have uh, two better gentlemen to discuss it. There was a uh, pretty damaging development in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Molly Michael, a Trump aide, looks like she may be the Cassie Hutchinson of the Mar-a-Lago case. She uh, had been handling the classified documents a lot. And at one point recently, she told prosecutors, she went to prosecutors and said that Trump had said to her, you don't know anything about the boxes. As in, you don't know anything about the boxes. Now, unfortunately, that trial is uh, not set till May. And uh, we got a loose cannon uh, for a judge there, I'm afraid, uh, Eileen Cannon. And that trial will not be done, I'm sure, before the Republican convention, if before the uh, 2024 election. There is also the Georgia RICO trial, where there are 18 defendants. That starts supposedly at the end of October, but Harry and George conclude that that will entail several trials, even though it's one RICO case, because uh, two of the defendants so far demanding an early trial, that's Chesborough or Cheeseboro, and Sidney Powell. And uh, that sounds like it will go on for uh, months and months. So the D.C. trial, the one where uh, Trump is the sole indicted defendant, uh, and that's supposed to start in March with Judge Chutkin, who by all appearances is a no-nonsense judge, that appears to be the one that will be over and done with maybe in time to affect the Republican nomination. Trump, of course, will not testify in that trial. No defense attorney would allow him to. I'd like to see him testify just so when he puts his hand on the Bible, I could see it burst in the flames. George and Harry and I also discussed the House Judiciary hearing with uh, the one with Attorney General Merrick Garland from a few days ago, which was one of the ugliest and most depressing displays of everything that's wrong with today's Republican Party. It was a disgrace. And of course, this was uh, mainly about Hunter Biden, they focused on, and uh, his indictment on buying a gun illegally. Uh, That was a a bad one uh, for, for Joe Biden because it reminds people that Biden has a son that's 53 years old. But if you didn't watch that hearing, you did yourself a favor. Believe me, we clearly have descended into a world where Republicans have adopted an alternate reality entirely for pernicious purposes. And it's very, very ugly and extremely 
extremely dangerous. They now have their impeachment inquiry, and it's not going to stop until they can find something, uh, no matter how bogus, to bring against Biden, if they can get the votes. They they have a margin of four uh, in the House now, the Republicans, and there may be five or more somewhat sane Republican members who won't go there. Anyway, this is a fraught time. We're in a fraught time, a chaotic time. And we have a fraught, a slightly chaotic one for you today. Harry Littman and George Conway, a great one. You know, for a change. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me learn real-life conversation in German. For example... Let's say you wanted to order soup with your dinner. Die Suppe würde mir auch gefallen. That means the soup. <laughs> that means that means I would also like the soup. And that way I get soup with dinner. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash franken. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash franken, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash franken. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. I think at one point I want to get into all the mix of these four trials and where you see this all being played out. Because I think everybody would like to hear that from you guys. Uh, And I would. Uh, but let's start with the kind of the easiest thing today, uh, which is Molly Michael, who um, says something <laughs> uh, that is pretty simple that uh, Trump said to her, you don't know anything about the boxes. She, she worked at Mar-a-Lago for the president, former president. And this is a, a piece of testimony that she's given to the prosecutors. Is that right, Harry? So it is. And not just a piece. Uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that uh, that they have guys like George and me there to try to translate because it played as just sort of one more thing. They focused on the uh, Trump scrawling to uh, to do list on his on uh, classified docs. She actually jumps off the page to a former prosecutor, probably to George as well, because she of all the people who have been mentioned to date is the witness from hell for Trump because she has no possible acts to grind. E- you know, even Frank Tavares, so-called uh, employee number four, he lies at first. You're not going to be able to really touch her on cross-examination. She's someone who wanted to be loyal to him and showed up, but then just wouldn't cross the line of criminality. So, you know, trials, we think about these like hot, you know, Klieg-like figures like Mark Meadows and stuff, but but it's people like her if prosecutors have a choice. This is a little like a Cassidy Hutchinson. Absolutely. My my best tweet of yesterday, maybe I was simply... January 6th committee to Cassidy Hutchinson equals Mar-a-Lago prosecution to Molly uh, Michael. And it's just for that reason. You think about a jury and you think about the possibilities of dirtying her up for Trump's lawyers. And remember, that's all they got because <laughs> Trump won't testify. 
And she is really a killer witness, including she's got a lot more. But that one statement you um, you made, this is after she's given him a picture of all the boxes down there. And they've talked about it. He he obviously knows she knows about the boxes. You don't know anything about the boxes. You, you yeah. don't know anything yeah. about the boxes. Nothing about the boxes. Now, she's like... Uh, Cassie uh, Hutchinson actually testify in the January 6th uh, hearing. I've always wondered about that. She was such a great witness. Uh, a lot of it what she testified to was hearsay, but some of it wasn't. Uh, George, you have an opinion on, on that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, she was actually, but again, if to the extent that she's testifying about things that were said by criminal conspirators about what other criminal conspirators had said, this stuff gets in. It's an exception to the hearsay rule. But she was so, also there when, like, on the mall, and he goes, like, they're not going to. some stuff live, live, and, you know, live, and she saw some stuff. But she also saw some stuff that could get in under the exception of the hearsay rule of, uh, you know, that conspirator statements are admitted against each other. Well, her story Can I just was make very one, dramatic. I just want to follow up George's lawyer's point because hey, it's really hey, important. Hey, I'm the host. Uh, Oh, you're the, you're the, you asked the damn question. And, and I was, mind. I was actually talking. Yeah, you're right. You're actually, well, you were, and I was, but uh, yeah, we're bad. inexcusable. We're bad when people do that, I just hit the silent button on my podcast. Okay. That, which is talking feds, by the way. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> what a bad bunch we are. Okay. Now I forgot what I was saying. So go ahead. <laughs> that was a go which is actually tr- which is actually true but let's Sorry. all uh listen to each other as we're going okay <laughs> yeah i just want 15 seconds while you collect your thoughts but this lawyer's <laughs> point that's that's our value here right otherwise we're just you know who the hell are we but th- it's really important to note al co-conspirator statements do come in. So when uh, Julian and and they have co-conspirators in the indictment, when Giuliani says it's going to be wild, uh, Cass, and, you know, other thing, anything she hears Trump say, that's there's just fully lot. admissible. Now I'm interrupting you, but there's an awful lot that she she's Meadows' assistant. So yeah. there's an awful right. lot of Meadows saying it's not going to be good. Right. And Meadows is a co-conspirator and, Meadow, you know, and, and so I, I think a lot of that stuff's going to get in. She's going to be an important witness in both the D.C. case. Meadows is not a co-conspirator. He's not a co-conspirator in in D.C., right? In D.C. So so let's let's talk about the mix of these four trials, because I think that everyone uh, who's watching this every once in a while, they go like, how's this going to work? How how are these four trials? And we know Georgia is starting earliest, uh, we think, at the end of October, we think. Uh, and then we, January 6th, uh, starts on January 7th. When does it start? It starts in March. Oh, March. It starts in March. Uh, so that starts in March. And if we get to the documents, that's what in May it's in May and, uh, subject to Canon's future rulings, but, and Canon is a loose, uh, Canon in an odd way. How do you see this? playing out and is there any way to actually really have a good take on how this plays out is what I, also what i'm asking now you guys aren't so ready george to you want in. to start when I, I think these judges are going to do their best to stay out of each other's way and um i think that judge chutney is going to end up i mean i think she's positioned herself to go first I think there may be a couple of smaller trials in Georgia that will get to preview the Georgia evidence. But I think the first federal trial involving, I mean, the first trial involving Trump is going to be Chutkin and, and Chutkin's trial. And that's going to be, that's going to be a biggie. Uh, no question about it. I, I, I think he, you know, I, I don't know how he defends all of these cases, uh, even, even if they don't conflict on the calendar. Uh, he, you know, I don't think there is enough legal firepower on his side to defend all this litigation. And all he does is create more chaos because he, that's what he does as a malignant narcissist. And I don't know how any lawyer can, you know, he just 
doesn't seem to have the capacity to retain lawyers for very long either because he decides that they are not giving him the best advice someone else gets in his ear or they become government witnesses because he has to admit <laughs> some kind of a crime or fraud. And, and it's just incredible. So I don't know how these cases get tried. And I don't think he's got, a, it's not going to be a defense for him in terms of you know, being deprived of counsel because he's depriving himself of counsel. But I think it's all going to happen, and I think he's in deep okay, trouble. You don't see a- how he how it's going to happen, but then you say it's going to happen. No, no, I don't see how he defends it. I see how the prosecutors bring these cases to trials and the judges try the case. I don't see how <laughs> okay. he's going to defend it in any manner that resembles any coherent or viable defense. Not only because he doesn't, even if he had the best lawyers in the world with all the time in the world, I don't know that he has a defense, particularly in the in the Mar-a-Lago documents case now. Did he ever really, Harry, have a defense in the Mar-a-Lago case? It's just absent uh, Molly Michaels' testimony. Isn't it clear that he took these documents and put them on? I love that there's this picture of them on a stage. Like they must have a dinner theater at Mar-a-Lago, and the you know Mar-a-Lago improv players uh, <laughs> would have like, okay, we're gonna take uh, one of the documents, and uh, we're gonna do a sketch around right. it. Okay, this I is I could make uh, a hat of a second city. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, second city comes to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, and it's like, okay, uh, let's see. This is the Iran. This is uh, our response if Iran gets nuclear. And oh wait a minute, it's abs- This one's gone. It must have gone to Saudi Arabia for two billion. Yeah. Oh wait, there's a note on the back of this one. Can <laughs> right. eat bought and need hamburgers. And then yeah. the sixth member of the troop plays Melania. Yeah. Um, so let me try to answer your question straight up, Alf. The substance of Mar-a-Lago, yeah, which always been intriguing about that. Would they actually pull the the trigger because it's not in the middle of what he what made him so wicked as a president? Though it certainly goes to what what did George call him a malignant narcissist? But the answer is that's right. It's always been a pretty open and shut case, even before Michael. Given the the charges, there really is no defense. Even his kind of ridiculous fanciful suppositions i can make anything classified even if a jury were to credit that it wouldn't be a defense rolling stone just came out with a story a couple of hours ago saying that he's talking to people at mar-a-lago about whether he's gonna have to wear an orange jumpsuit in prison right right is he in a club fed or not but in terms of the overall like bordello and how does it work you know this is my my best guess is as as George says, both the most important and the most likely to go quick for a number of reasons, including the resolve not just of Judge Chutkin, but sort of the whole court and the Court of Appeals. And there's will a single be, defendant right now. Yeah, and the single defendant will be January 6th, and that's the most important. I think actually his odds of being tried before November 2024 in Fulton County are are slight and getting slighter. Um, Yeah, I do. I wonder I wonder if George um, uh, agrees and and Mar-a-Lago strong case, you know, but um, it's not simply if Cannon's in the tank form, but she's an inexperienced judge. They'll be pushing at every turn to try to delay. Can they squeeze another three or four months out, especially with the classified documents, uh, admittedly complicated issue? Probably. And then, as you say, New York is a little bit of uh, afterthought. But so I think the the ball to, for the country and the justice system writ large to keep their eye on is the Chutkin Trump only January 6th case. My best guess is it goes after from what, you know, better experts than I say he'll uh, will be when he's sewn up the nomination, but that they reach a judgment before November. So at least people can factor that in. You know, bigger question is if anybody cares. Well, it's scheduled in, in March. Is that what you said? It's scheduled in March. Yeah. And so why would it not be in March? I, I, I think if you're, if you're Judge Chuckin or you're any judge and you want something to move fast, you set a trial date the first time around that's sooner than you actually expect because you know there's going to be something, you know, you're going to want to be reasonable so that nobody can complain on appeal. Not that, that it's really uh, anything you can complain about on appeal anyway, but you can, you know, she'll, she'll probably grant a two-week extension here and a two-week extension there. And the wor- I think the worst case is, uh, is that it gets tried in June, in June or July. During uh, the convention, maybe. Yeah. And, but, you know, I agree. It, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to make, you know, he's not going to have any 
complaint about that to my mind in the sense that he's like, it's not going to keep him from campaigning. First of all, he's got the nomination sewed up and he will have the nomination sewed up by Super Tuesday. He's going to have a lot of free time on his hands. Why not uh, answer the charges? Okay. So you you mentioned the first Cheeseboro, is that how you pronounce it? Chesboro? Chesboro, Chesboro. And and, uh, is it Powell? And are there others who have asked to go early uh, and claim their right to a speedy trial? And so they go first, right? I just want to sort out the sequence of things that are going to happen in these all these cases. And then move on. I want to move on to uh, the Garland hearings today. Not only aren't there others who have moved for a speedy trial, if they were to move it now, Al, it would be later. It would be the end of the next grand jury session. But the DA has said, look, if these if these guys want to sever, make them waive their speedy trial rights. Otherwise, you could put them in a place and then they could jerk you around by then invoking speedy trial and getting separate trials. So I think it's those two alone. Did you say there's another grand jury meeting? I, I know we no, had. You're I'm saying sorry. This, I, yeah, yeah you, under Georgia law, your speedy trial rights are um, connected to grand jury sittings. That's just the way it works. And since it's later down the line, it's to the end of the next grand jury sitting. Oh, I see, though, I see, I see. It, it yeah. has nothing to do so with that So it just trial. so happens it would be okay. early January. But I think they're all waiving their speedy trial rights in order to try to move to sever. To sever. Does that make sense? The judge is insisting on it so it doesn't get too crazy with people moving to sever, then invoking speedy trial whenever it is and having five, six, seven, four-month trials. Okay, when you're saying me, uh, severing, you mean I want my trial separate from others. Yeah, from, okay, from that, that ugly guy over there. Please okay. don't put me in with that guy. Yeah, this isn't a this isn't a, uh, the talking feds, which is uh, concentrates a lot on legal shit. Just uh, be conscious of that. So yes, uh, yes, and and can there be a number of trials in Georgia, and what does that look like? Why? Why? Because uh, it'd be the same witnesses testifying it's about the same case because they're all the, the co-conspirators in the same case so and that's, each one doesn't necessarily concern them the legal term for it would be ugly as shit and as as each one goes on there's a more there are possibilities for inconsistencies and mistakes judge mcafee wants to minimize maybe he's pushed into three he's now already got two but that scenario of five six is a nightmare yeah. But what's going to be interesting, though, is, yeah, there could be inconsistencies, but both sides will learn from each trial. And and, and the question is, who does that help? I, I, it's too early for me to say because we haven't seen the evidence. And, and obviously the evidence, although it's going to be the same RICO conspiracy that they're all charged with, uh, regardless of where the defendants are in that conspiracy, obviously the evidence, there'll be different emphases because you're going to have to prove the participation in the conspiracy and focus the jury on the participation uh, by the particular defendants who are on trial and their participation in the conspiracy. Okay, to sum up, Georgia may start first, but could be several trials. Right. And by starting first, meaning Cheeseboro and Powell and maybe some others who asked to go first, and it may be separated into three trials. Right, and the big kahuna may not get, get, get tried next year. And and January uh, a sixth trial set to start in March, but uh, maybe a little later. But she is intent uh, yes. on uh, getting it going, so that's probably yes. going to be the big one and the shortest one because it's one de- uh, defendant. And then uh, the documents one, which is seems to be a lock. Maybe we don't know when when that will be. Okay, with the. Uh, that that that's the trials and then new york we, we yes don't doesn't matter a 10 second point to add which yes. is the mar-a-lago case if 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 the two other defendants de Oliveira and nada as they really should co- plead and cooperate that simplifies and streamlines that trial we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back with george conway and harry with That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. 
comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Let's go to, I was watching something that was really depressing today which is the Garland hearings. I don't know if either of you yeah. tuned into this. I refuse. Yeah, uh, that was smart of you uh, and dumb of you and me, uh, Harry. It was <laughs> ugly. Uh, Jordan, somebody should find his sport coat, first of all. But what a monster. And Harry, since you watch, there are really like two. In this, we have fact and fiction. Uh, on the Republican side, they were pushing stuff that we knew wasn't true, <laughs> and Democrats would respond somewhat well and tell the truth, and then it would come back to some vicious Republican who I didn't know who he was that, that would just scare the shit out of me because it seemed like this is what the Republican Party has become. And, uh, George, you weren't watching wisely. But uh, you are one of the founders of the Lincoln Project. Uh, I've talked to Stuart Stevens. We've had him on a couple times. Uh, he says it was all a lie. That was his book. I don't want to go into your past, whether you believe that the Republican Party was always a lie. But I think there were good Republicans. And, you know, I understand conservatism and not letting the government do too much. I understand the theories about that. And I serve with some Republicans who I respected. Uh, but Jesus Christ, the, the, uh, Jesus Christ, this yeah. is horrible. They've completely gone off the rails. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, I didn't read Stewart's book, but I, I get it. I, I get what he's probably saying in the book, which is that Republicans writ large purported to believe in certain things, and many did, but the political consultants, it's really become a, a party that's completely nihilistic and actually doesn't believe in anything, and that was demonstrated by how Donald Trump took over, and now it's all just performance art. It's got nothing to do with governing. It's got nothing to do with fact. It's got nothing to do with reality. Merrick Garland can go up there and say whatever, you know, say anything about, you know, anything in the Justice Department, particularly the, the, the prosecution of Hunter Biden. It doesn't it doesn't matter to them if you if they had char they charge Hunter Biden. Well, the charges should have come sooner and there should have been more significant charges. If they didn't charge Hunter Biden, well, then you're, you're obviously covering up. If you if you appoint a special counsel, you should have done that earlier and you appointed the wrong one who's, who's going to fix the case. If you don't appoint a special counsel, so how can you do that without, without appointing a special counsel? I mean, it doesn't matter no matter what he does, they're going to criticize him for not doing something else and they're just going to make stuff up. I mean, that's just what they do. It's all about you know performance. It's just all performance to get uh, people to click the button to give give them money. These people actually don't care. I mean, look, you can see it with the, the spending bills. The core element, the core group running the house, essentially, holding the house hostage, they don't care about governance. They don't care about even having a majority. They don't want to have a majority because all they want to do is just stir up trouble. And it's easy to do that as, as a member of a minority. And so they, they don't care. They don't care what happens, what they do. And they don't care whether their colleagues who are in the marginal districts lose their races. They just don't care. It's a party that is- Well, there are so few marginal districts, but they will. That will yeah, happen. But there, but there are a few of them. They were, they were speaking out yeah. yesterday. A couple of guys from New York, you know, there are like five or, you know, there's a, enough to, you know, make a difference to, 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 to turn the house back over. I, look, I agree with everything both of you said, but it felt like a new low to me. Just to, to add, it's not just that it's false, but they know it's false. That's the first. And it was the combination of the sort of uh, kangaroo court and like crusades of it where they were, you know, taking this, you know, lifetime public servant who everyone knows, if nothing else, he doesn't 
raise his right hand and then lie and just, you know, treating him like a like a complete you know, criminal. Uh, the fix is in and that screaming match with the with the one idiot who was, you know, accused trying to accuse him of being um, prejudiced against religious groups and the like. So there is always these moments of fatigue or pushback, but there was more than that here. And it was repulsive. It was not it was shorn of anything other than theater. And the one other point is the theater really doesn't even have to do with Garland, uh, it has to do with, with Biden and trying to mischaracterize all these things as Biden prosecutions. They're Sorry. trying to connect Hunter, of course, with his, his dad. In Talking Feds, when we, when we were together, I brought up alternative facts and I kind of apologized or brought it up in a, uh, a George, I don't, that is associated with. Uh, oh, you're Kelly. doing it again. You're doing it yeah, again. I'm doing it again. And we can cut, <laughs> and we can cut no, this out. I didn't out. mean to say then about your... <laughs> no, no, but anyway. you kind of went, okay, I it's said fine. alternative what is what I said. Yeah, alter- okay. It just seems to me that the, that the point of that was there's fake news, and fake news puts out fake facts. That's why we need alternative facts. And it seems now that's it. That's it. That that setup means you can't believe anything. And that is what I saw today, is that if you watch that, one side was saying, and, and it seems like the side that is not saying stuff that's just reliably not true is the Republican side. And that's why you're with Lincoln Project, one of the founders. But... I don't know how you do democracy this way. You, you can't. Yeah. And, and you, you, without, yeah. that's, that's the bigger point, right? We had Ann Applebaum on, and she talked about basically where kind of this started. And she talked about the KGB in the 80s spreading and, and doing it in a, a really interesting way by putting stuff out in India and Malaysia and stories around the world in countries you wouldn't necessarily think of to spread a rumor, put them in a number of places that the CIA had created AIDS. And that that spread and spread, uh, and because it was coming from a whole bunch of different sources, that was sort of the first use of that kind of fake news. But what happens is, is that if you can't agree on facts and you can't agree on, I think she said, if you can't agree on what happened yesterday, you can't discuss what to do about it. And what I saw today was scary because it was the most concrete example of it's impossible now. Well, you're absolutely right. And, 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 and what's happened is it's become a kind of addiction on the right because what happened was they were feeding this stuff to rile up a portion of the public and they can't turn it off now uh, fox news you know shows they show is a, is a perfect example they 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 so bought into telling people what they want their 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 deepest darkest fantasies about being conspired against and and, and how terrible the Democrats are and how terrible the deep state is, that they burned their way into a $750 million settlement. In, well, still, in- but now they know, now they actually, at the end, sometimes they go to commercial and say, Fox News <laughs> does not yeah. believe the election was stolen, yeah. just yeah. to get out of the uh, next lawsuit. But yeah. they, they will take things like they will... I, I saw one thing they did where, okay, Biden is doing a state visit. He flies in. There's a red carpet. He goes on the red carpet, and then they take him aside to explain who he's going to meet, et cetera, and how this uh, event is going to take place. And he's on the edge of the red carpet, and he goes, uh, okay, all right, uh, where do I go? And all they play is, where do I go? And, and there isn't a politician alive who hasn't had a staffer do that? Say, um, sir, senator, you need to, okay, you're going to go, they're, they're going to introduce you over here. You have to walk over here. And that's, that's you know, because the, that's, what, that's what the advanced, that's what the advanced people do. That's what they're supposed to do. That's, I used to say, where do I go a lot? 
Yeah. <laughs> it was one of my go-tos. <laughs> where, yeah. where do I go? Yeah, where do you go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to George's point that you can't turn it off, uh, it, Garland had two positive messages that he tried to carry in his you know, intro and some of his pushback responses. One was, no fear or favor. We are not the president's lawyer. We're not Congress's lawyer. We're the people's lawyer. Certainly on Hunter Biden, I had nothing to, to do with stuff. But he also made a big point about all these threats that not, you know, Chutkin people and um, the prosecutors have received. And this is my point about not turning it off. You know, he's worse than a mob boss in a way because he'll say crap and then he'll uh, incite lone wolves like the guy who stormed the Cincinnati FBI office or the woman who uh, threatened to kill Chutkin. And there really is a, a a scenario out there that they can't control. And if anything, they're just stoking the flames of where some crazy ass guy does something, you know, terrible to a member of the criminal justice or, or court family, and they're indifferent about it. You know, he's he's obviously tangibly worried about it. And there's, you know, they're being irresponsible on top of mendacious. And and the book that's just been written about Romney describes how Romney explain and Romney explains. Can you, that oh, book, that was a m- unbelievable. How, how basically some people voted against impeaching Trump the second time around because they were afraid. They had physical fear for their families. And you know, remember what, what happened with Lindsey Graham when he was accosted at the airport. He, turned, he changed his tune. So that the intimidation is happening in all spheres, not just in the bureaucracy, but it's happening on Capitol Hill. And the other thing is more fundamental is that that this trust that is being sown by people who are supposedly for law and order against the legal system, against prosecutors, against enforcement of the criminal law is, is so corrosive, even apart from the physical threats to the people who are charged with enforcing those laws. It's okay, let, let, let me just very quickly uh, on Hunter Biden, let, since that was tangentially or more than tangentially about Hunter Biden. And what they're trying to do is uh, connect Hunter Biden with his dad and say his dad was uh, got some of this money or I don't know what they're exactly uh, saying. But you've been following this, haven't you, Harry? And where is where is that now? What are they trying to establish? I heard Burisma a lot today. And isn't it the case that it was Vice President Biden got on the phone with some people who had hired Hunter or were about to hire Hunter and said, yeah, hi, I'm <laughs> hello. And uh, which she probably shouldn't have done. But that is not a crime, right? Yeah, all right. So Republicans in Congress are trying to establish that. That's the most they have is, was he trying to exercise influence as vice president eight years ago for his son? You're probably right that, you know, he, Bo, his other son had just died. He's a very big family guy. Maybe he, he was on a couple phone calls. But this is supposedly, this is all they got to impeach the current president of the United States. That's what they're trying to establish. What David Weiss is trying to establish uh, is David Weiss a, is a special prosecutor yeah, who was special the counsel. U.S. attorney in Delaware, and there was a deal that was made, and then that was thrown out, and that, then he was made uh, special prosecutor, and now there's indictment about the gun. Yeah, but you missed something that happened in between, and it's the only thing we can point to, which is a huge outcry on Capitol Hill along the lines of what we saw today from the Jim Jordans of the world. And it sure looks as if, you know, the the big fact here is this is a charge that's just never brought by the Department of Justice unless somebody lies on the on a form. They shouldn't do that. It's against the law. But they you never bring it unless they use the, the gun for another crime. It's a straw purchase, something like this. So a charge has been brought against Biden now. And he kept for how many days? And then eleven days unloaded. His girlfriend throws in the dumpster. Yeah, it's among other things, it's a dog of a case. But the fact that they brought it, it's just uh, I think can't account for it other than from the outcry. And this is in fact where you know Garland has made such a big point today. I was totally hands off. I let Weiss do whatever he wanted, and he did. Effectively, he's like an independent counsel, old style. 
um, outside of all the strictures of the department. And he did bring this forward. And the big fact to me is it's just not a charge that would otherwise have been brought. And all we can really point to is people screaming at Weiss from the Hill. That's that's not good. In fact, it stinks. And screaming today, Merrick Garland, who I can't think of a guy who has served his country with more dignity. Such a class act. When they fucked him on the Supreme Court, never said anything. Such a class act. Yeah, it, it's it, and then you see Jim Jordan sc- uh, screaming at him, yeah. and you go like, "Why? What, what is this picture?" Really? Okay, so there's that impeachment inquiry uh, on <laughs> on Biden. <laughs> uh, are they? They're looking for some. Are they looking for something, or they have? I mean, what do they think they're impeaching him on? Usually, uh, I would think something happens. The president does something. <laughs> and then you look whether you should impeach him. He hires people to break into a place, the you know, to find out information from the Democratic National Committee headquarters, and then he pays them off, and he, you know, orders people to go into Daniel Ellsberg's office before that. That happens, and then you impeach. You know, you think about impeaching him, and then you're tell him no, you're you're you you know, the votes aren't there, and he resigns. Okay, that's one. The two is uh, you have sex with uh, an intern, you lie about it, and then you impeach the guy. Then there's um, you threaten (laughs) the new president of Ukraine that we won't send you the weapons (laughs) that that, uh, you need uh, to fight Russia unless you uh, say, uh, you know, uh, accuse uh, Biden of doing something wrong. And then you, you release a summary of the call that says you did exactly that. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was released. That was released by a whistleblower, right? No, uh, no, no. It was, it was the White House released that after the whistleblower filed the complaint. The White House said, okay, here's the, see, this shows we're innocent. Perfect uh, and, call, and like, perfect oh, call. Perfect call, perfect call. It's like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about? So that's an impeachment or, 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 you lose an election and you encourage people to, uh, yeah, you, uh, but this is gotta be great to impeach him. (laughs) If we could find something. Well, sometimes you just don't have the stuff. So you gotta go look for it. I I guess. I mean, that's the theory. (laughs) No, it's just an inquiry. Just an inquiry. We're just, you know, we're just asking questions here. You know, he must've done something bad. We know that. So let's figure out what it is. Oh, that time um, it seems perfectly reasonable to by uh, you know your average Fox News viewer, I guess, or Newsmax. I guess so. So now does that put pressure on them to find something? <laughs> and are they going to? They're going. They're going to say they found something, and it's going to be. Right. Uh, it's going to be Burisma and fire. They they brought this up today at the hearing, which is that he wanted to fire this corrupt prosecutor that everybody in the State Department thought should be fired and they brought that up today as if he was doing it on behalf of Burisma. Right. Right. That's that's and what the, they did. This which and this thing that has been debunked that was debunked years ago. Uh, I mean yeah. it, it, it's just crazy. Well that didn't but matter. We're gonna, they're, they're gonna, what we're gonna see is they're just gonna be cycling through random random shit, random allegations, some will be new, some will be recycled. This is all about noise making. Okay, it doesn't nothing has to connect anything that happened yesterday or will happen tomorrow. It's just making noise. And it's not even throwing spaghetti against the wall and seeing what sticks. It's throwing shit against the wall and seeing what slides down. I don't even think it's a shit against the wall. It's just throwing it up in the air and picking it up again and throwing it up in the air and picking it up again. And that's what they're going to do. Your guys' metaphors are definitely... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> getting a, a little down there, but yeah, look the and the well, the other thing. We're we're dealing um, with something that you know. It, uh, well, we know the difference on the Al Franken podcast between spaghetti and shit for sure. All what they want, I think, is just what George says. You just want that, and this is why Trump pushed Marjorie Taylor Greene and others to do it. 
You just want that to be evoked again so that people not paying much attention or, or who are disposed toward Trump can just say, yeah, so he's been indicted four times, including for trying to foment a coup. But Biden, they're investigating an impeachment, too. Or you know? people that are paying a lot of attention. People right. who are it's paying a, a lot of attention to Fox. The old, what Bannon, remember what Bannon's phrase what for right. it was? Flooding the zone with shit. Right. That's what they're doing. That's all they do. Now. So I'm quoting Bannon. Yes, Bannon explained. Flooding the zone with shit. Flooding the zone with shit, and that's what they do. That is the game plan. And it's not just Fox, by the way. It's OAN. But it's also it's also social media, and it's social media. And we now have a, again, I'm going back to belaboring this, but it is, we have two sets of information, and one of them is just bullshit. And today's hearing was uh, the worst example of that. Anything else you guys want to uh, bring I up? I wanted to ask you a question on this, Al, if I could, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the Romney book that George mentions really focuses, you know, I think there was a moment that we will point to as when everything could have maybe been resolved, and that was when McConnell refused to vote for impeachment, even right. as he was saying that what he's done is impeachable. You know, he's your former colleague. There's no doubt that think- the president responsible. January 6th. I mean, do you think and, he he feels it? Do you think he knows he that he failed the republic? What, what 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 what? How do you read Mitch McConnell these days? Well, I mean, uh, he, no, I want the impression. I like the impression. Right. Yeah. And that the people who invaded the Capitol <laughs> did so on his instructions and smeared shit on the <laughs> statue of John feces, Quincy feces. Adams feces. Yeah, feces. And uh, I, I mean. It, it, <laughs> And there's no doubt that had they had the time, they would have murdered every Democrat member of Congress. <laughs> and yet, I voted to acquit. But <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say, in his defense, he did say it. There is a criminal law. Oh, that's he right. Did. He did that, say that. Well, that's I mean, partly why like, we're in that mess now. And yeah, that's what we're doing now. More than it should. Yes. We should actually play. People should play that a lot during these prosecutions. Do you think if you gave him, you think if you gave him the truth serum, if you gave him truth serum, he'd admit he fucked that up, or he just what would he say? Well, that's he, not going to happen. So did that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen, George. You know, we we really deal with <sighs> things that will happen, things that have happened. Oh, oh I know. I want to have my own alternative <laughs> reality. Yeah, I I would like to not have fair, truth serum. Not Seriously, fair. George Conway was on the Sodium Pentothal <laughs> podcast. There's, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to McConnell. He's been very destructive to the Senate. When I first got in there, I was the 60th, except Ted Kennedy was was ill. So I was the 59th for a while until we had, we only had 60 for a few months, you may remember. Yeah. And, but we, he filibustered more executive nominees during his time, during Obama's years, than had been filibustered in the entire previous history of the nation. He did everything he could to make Obama a one-term president. And this is at the time of, remember he said that, he said that to his caucus. And this is at a time where we had the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. That's who he is. And the Merrick Garland, we were talking about Merrick Garland today, I can't think of a more exemplary public servant and and judge and brilliant. And he would not take him up because he said, you know, you can't have an election. Or you can't have a, a, a Supreme Court justice confirmed during an election year. Well, that was February and Scalia died. Yeah. And then, of course, when Coney Barrett comes in, it's eight days. She's sworn in eight days before the election. So McConnell is, is this, uh, and, and that's given us, you know, Dobbs, and that's given us a 6-3 majority that is an incredibly pernicious majority. M- McConnell is as, ba- is as bad as anybody, and just the fact that he is, thank God he's still for funding Ukraine. So, uh, so I'm sorry about that, but you have worse guys. And more and more they're coming in. But but what Romney has said doesn't surprise me. I've seen that. Of course, people and it wasn't some of them worry about security for their family. But it was like, I'm worried about my job. I just want to keep my job. And if I vote to impeach, I might lose the next election. 
Eight of the ten are gone now Who in the House who voted to impeach. Yeah, well, they went right away, and uh, Cassidy's still there. and But Romney voted for impeachment, and I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, I don't know how much of that book goes into can you win again in Utah. It would be interesting if that's why he's not one of the reasons. We will never know unless we give him uh, George's truth serum, if that's one of the reasons that he's not running. But what he said in the book is very valuable, but it's also very true and very sad. So there. Well, guys, thank you. Thanks for cheering us up. Yeah. Wait a minute. So let's, we always want to end on a good note. Okay. We always okay. want to end on an upbeat note. Young people, aren't they great? <laughs> and I, don't they give us hope because uh, they are growing up in a much more multicultural society and uh, they, uh, I, I, I think that they're going to be uh, less racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, then there's a flip side to that. The flip side is that, I don't know, I mean, I think one of the more bizarre generations in the history of this country will be, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby boomer. I'm 60, born in 63, and I guess you are, Al. That generation, what the fuck happened with that generation? And, um, you know, they've now, you know, it's, it's the Fox News cohort. It's, it's completely... In, you know, a lot of it, the people, I mean, that's, if you look at the demographics of the, the networks, I mean, you know, Fox News has a grip on the older population. And that's why, you, you know, it, they're aging out, um, to put it nicely. And that's going to, that's, that's going to change the country immeasurably over the last 20, the next 20 years, if we get there. If we get there. Um, all get right. There. I just want to follow Al's instruction, though, and combine oh, these things. Note. Yeah, here's the positive note that I commend to everyone. When baby boomers were young and happy and optimistic, they've just come out with an unknown tape previously of the Beatles playing for an hour at a prep school in England in 1963, you know, a minute and a half before they oh, conquered wow. the world. And they're up there in their kind of, you know, deadpan, energetic way. And all baby boomers and younger ones should listen to it and get happy. All right. Okay. The answer is listen to the Beatles. And remember, remember the spirit of youth that that once brought you here. Well, I I hope you enjoyed uh, listening. That beautiful music is by Leo Kotke, the great Leo Kotke. I want to thank Peter Ogburn for producing this podcast. We'll talk again next week. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Al Franken podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The early 2000s was a wild time for reality TV. There seemed to be an endless supply of shows that delivered entertainment for us, but trauma for children. I'm Misha Brown, the host of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop. Each week on The Big Flop, comedians join me to chronicle the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? We recently looked behind the scenes of what was really going on at Abby Lee Miller's dance studio. Abby's biggest misstep wasn't screaming nonsensical catchphrases or throwing chairs on television, but instead, she was choreographing financial fraud in plain sight. Join me to break down all the wild details of Abby Lee Miller's story. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, 
once upon a beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's once upon a beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.